0: Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: I'm talking to those who are living in guilt because you're not living up to the expectation, not the expectation God has put upon you, but the expectation you put upon yourself or somebody else has placed upon you. You got to get your eyes off of that and get them back on the God who is working through this process. To bring you forward into maturity. Today on Back
0: to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, in a message titled A Work in Progress. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: We have to give God space to work because God is taking people through a process. And sometimes it's just so much slower than I would think it should be. But nevertheless, God is bringing them through it. And so now, where I might have previously heard of somebody and, you know, they're in the process and I might have even at that point, question like, well, are they really even in the process? Come on. You know, now I would just more look at it and say, well, praise the Lord that that's where they're at. Cheryl and I were talking about a mutual acquaintance, a a friend of uh, one of our children, who, you know, just has recently expressed things about experiences with the Lord. Now, this person is still you know, far from where they need to be. But but we just rejoiced in where they're at in the process right now. You know, C.S. Lewis spoke about a friend to a mutual friend. And he described that friend who wasn't yet a believer. C.S. Lewis described him as this. He said, he's in the net. And it's just a matter of time before... God pulls him into shore. And so when we heard about this particular person, that's our sense. He's in the net and and the Lord's gonna bring him in. And so when we realize that we are all a work in progress, it helps us to be patient with others in the process, giving God space to work. But listen, it also helps us to have patience with ourselves. I talk to people sometimes and my heart breaks for them because they live under this pressure and they live under this constant guilt of failing God and what they've basically done and they don't even know it, they've, they've put a burden on themselves that God hasn't put on them. And I do think also sometimes other Christians can put those burdens on others And sometimes (laughs) pastors can. Like I said, I used to do that. I was pretty good at putting burdens on people. We have to be patient with ourselves. We can sometimes place expectations on ourselves and then fall into self-condemnation for failing to live up to those expectations. Now, please understand me. I mean, this isn't... I'm not preaching today a message to just excuse... A lack of progress in our spiritual lives, but I do want to give us a realistic perspective and hope that that God's gonna get us through the process. Uh, We'll talk in a second about you know how sometimes He has to get a little stern with us to, to move us along. But before we get there, this is what we need to remember. When we are impatient with ourselves, or when, when we're, we're living under this burden of guilt, this, this sense of failure, this sense of not really living up. And now, I am not talking about I'm living in like open, hostile rebellion to God or I, I'm living in blatant sin and I don't care what the Bible says and I don't even really believe the Bible teaches that. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the person who is, I want to be the person God wants me to be, but I just always feel like I'm not. I'm never going to be that person. That's who I'm talking to primarily today. And listen, we have to get our mental picture of God sorted out. Because if we're thinking of God as one who is, just pretty much always displeased, dissatisfied, frustrated with our state, we're thinking the wrong way. That's not the way God is. I, I heard this pastor one time say, and he was telling a story about the response of some people in his congregation. And I totally got this story. I got it from every angle. From the pastor to the people, I got it. But he said this. He said, you know, some people came up to him after church one Sunday. They'd been people that have been in the church for years. And they said, you know, pastor, we just have to tell you that, you know, every week when we leave the, the service, we just, we don't even know if we're really saved. And we just feel so condemned and we, we just don't even know if, if, you know, are we really God's people? And, you know, d- does God really love us and all of that? Now, here was the saddest part of this story. The pastor thought that was great. He thought, man, I'm, I'm doing a good job. I'm preaching. And I'm telling the sinners what they need to hear. But my response was, well, first of all, like I said, I already did that. So my response was, how sad is that? Because I think that when you come here as a Christian, primarily, you wanna be built up in your faith. You wanna be encouraged. You wanna be inspired. Like, yes, God loves me and I'm, I'm moving forward with the Lord. That, that's what I think that you want and I think that's what you need and I think that's what God wants to give you. And yes, there's always going to be somebody in the crowd that needs to get slapped around a little bit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is super good at doing that stuff. Even in a message that's really gracious, the Holy Spirit can do amazing things. And and obviously there are times that we, you know, I mean, I, somebody have, people have said to me recently over the past few years, it's like, you know, you just, you're just preaching too much grace. Well, I want to preach all the grace I can because that's what the Bible says to do. Gospel is about the grace of God, right? I will never forget this moment. Years ago, when I was in my young years and I was in my hyper-spiritual stage and ultra-legalistic, me and some friends, we were all here. We were young intern pastors on staff. And we were reading these books by these, you know, spiritual giants. and, And... we were simultaneously condemned and also arrogant, you know. I mean, we, we felt like we were falling so far short of the standard, but we knew we were, we were way ahead of everybody else at least, so, you know, it was all good. And, and there was one guy who had written a book, written a few books actually, uh, you know, just these these powerful in, in our minds you know these books are talking about holiness and these books are talking about you know righteous living and man we got to get this message into the church and so one of the guys was still alive at the time they've all since gone on to be with the lord but one of them was still alive and was actually available to preach if you would want them to so one day I was driving along in the car with my father-in-law, with Pastor Chuck, and I said to him, now Grant, you know, be merciful. I think I was 24, maybe 25 years old at the oldest, (laughs) and I said to him, I said, Chuck, we have got to get so-and-so to come and preach at the church, and in Chuck's just classic way, he just sort of looked at me and didn't say a single word. And I just kept going, like, oh, Chuck, you know, we, we really, we need this message of holiness. And, you know, we're just, you know, I, I just think, you, you know, we're too into grace. Man, we need to get some law. You know, people are living in sin, Chuck. He never said a single word. <laughs> so, you know, I... Began to feel like this probably wasn't resonating so much with him. So I dropped it. And of course, we never invited that person to come. But years later, I thought, how stupid was I to to say stuff like that? You know? Well, come on, I was 25 years old. I, you know, when you're 25, you, you think you know everything. But but that was my mentality: too much grace. We gotta get more law in here. Well, thank God the New Testament says the opposite. Let the heart be established with grace. Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we grow. We grow by understanding God's love and his grace and and, and in the end, I want to be conformed to the image of Jesus, not because God's gonna squash me if I don't. But because he loves me so much, and he's so wonderful and beautiful and glorious, Lord, I want to be like you. So remember, our primary mental picture of God should be as our all-wise, loving, and gracious Father in heaven, whose heart is one of compassion Because he knows our frame and remembers we are dust. His mercies, as the prophet said, are new every morning and his compassions never fail. You see, I'm talking to those who are living in guilt because you're not living up to the expectation, not the expectation God has put upon you, but the expectation you put upon yourself. Or somebody else has placed upon you. You gotta get your eyes off of that and get them back on the God who is merciful and compassionate and working through this process in your life to bring you forward into maturity. Now, having said all of that, God does want us to make progress. We are a work in progress. So we are to be moving forward, yes, in holy living. We are to be developing into more godly, spiritual people. Absolutely, we are. And even in the passage, we see that sometimes... The Lord does get a little bit... Well, well he, can, he can be a, a little forceful sometimes. So, backing up just a little bit in the story, back to, you know, the, Jesus warning them about the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were totally clueless. They didn't know what he was talking about. They thought, wait, we didn't bring enough bread on the trip. He's upset at us because we don't have bread. And Jesus reminds him, look, how many baskets full did we pick up after the feeding the 5,000? We picked up 12 baskets. How many after the feeding the 4,000? We picked up seven baskets. How in the world is it that you think that I'm talking about bread? So it's interesting, you know, because sometimes we think that Jesus never gets impatient with us. But you know what? Sometimes he does a little bit. I mean, he said to his followers at one point when they were trying to do something that they didn't have enough faith to do, he said, oh, how long am I going to be with you guys? When are you going to get this? That's a paraphrase, but that's pretty much what he said. (laughs) But he says, he basically says the same thing right here. Jesus, back in look at verse 17, Jesus mildly rebukes his disciples for their lack of progress. Look what he says. He says, do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? I mean, you can hear in the tone of his voice. It's like, when are you guys going to get this? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? And verse 21, how is it you do not understand? So the point is, the Lord wants us to make progress. So I don't want us to walk away today going, I'm a work in progress and I'm in like the slowest motion possible and it's okay because God's good with that. (laughs) No, God's gonna set the pace on this. And if we are lagging behind, he's gonna poke us in ways like he was poking at these guys here now later on in the new testament the holy spirit through the writer of hebrews gives a more stern rebuke listen to hebrews 5 7 through 10 i'm going to read it from the new living translation this is what it says there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know how to do what is right solid food is for those who are mature who through training have their skill to, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong that's a pretty stern rebuke right there Jesus was i think rather mild The Holy Spirit, through the author of Hebrews, was very stern. And for the purpose that they were lagging behind God's leading them into maturity. So, as a work in progress, God is faithfully, patiently perfecting his work in us, Therefore, we need patience with others and ourselves. But let's not forget, God is taking us into maturity. So point is, progress has to be made. God is taking us into maturity. And and if we are lagging behind, there are times when he will help us Speed up. He'll help us catch up. Now, as we close really quickly, what does the process look like? Well, I think the process is is beautifully stated in two verses in Philippians 2. Let me read them to you. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So, This is what the process looks like. First of all, let's look at the second part. God working in us to will and to do. How does God work in us? Well, he indwells us to begin with. God has taken up residence in us. He lives in us. And through that indwelling presence, he empowers us. See, we don't, we don't do this stuff on our own. God gives us the power to do what he calls us to do. As it says here, he works in you to will and to do. He enlightens us. He he gives us understanding of his ways. He convicts us when we need convicting. He shows us when we're drifting or when we've erred or when we've sinned or whatever, he, he convicts us that we might turn back to him and be forgiven. He instructs us. He gives us clear instruction from his word. He leads us and he disciplines us. He disciplines us. You see, that's the thing. Remember, God sets the pace. And if we are lagging behind, he will discipline us at times to get us to catch up to where we're supposed to be. That's what the Hebrew writer was doing. He's saying, come on, you guys, you should be teaching people by now, and you still need to be taught the basic principles. That's wrong. You're, you're like people who have, you started on milk, and then you were going to advance beyond that, but now you're back to the milk stage again. So he's giving them a, a disciplinary word there, and then Hebrews reminds us of the fact that God disciplines his sons and daughters. Despise not the discipline of the Lord. For whom the Lord loves, he does discipline. So God working in us, and now we work out our own salvation. You see, this progress, this is the theological term, the biblical word is sanctification. And sanctification is is the process of being set apart from the world and set apart to God. It's the process of being made more like Jesus Christ. That's what sanctification really is. And so it's a cooperative thing. God works in us and we work out our own salvation. God works in us. He he now has taken up residence in us. We are indwelt by the spirit. So now we work out what he has worked in. And the picture in the original language, the wording that the apostle uses here, the people in those days would understand he's using a word that referred to, it was used often in mining to get everything, all of the gold, all of the, you know, what diamond, whatever it might be to mine thoroughly. So work out what God has worked in. That's what he's saying. So, how do we do that? Well, we believe. So much of it is by faith. We believe God. We take his word seriously. We believe him. We seek him. We take the time to seek the Lord. And we do that through, you know, biblical meditation and through praying and through being with God's people and we trust him. We trust him. We trust him with our lives. We trust him with his plan. We obey him. We do what his word says, whether we feel like it or not, we do it. And we follow him. So work out your own salvation. Believe, seek, trust, obey, follow. Why? Because God is working in you. He's taking up residence in you. He's empowering you. He's enlightening you. He's convicting you when needed. He's instructing you. He's leading you. He's disciplining you. So we're all a work in progress. And so let's be patient with one another. Let's be patient with ourselves. But let's also make sure we're not lagging behind. And let's let the Lord do that thing that he's wanting to do which is to make us more like him.
0: And now let's join Pastor Brian and Cheryl in the studio as they share about this month's resource. So Brian, a lot of people
1: don't know this about you, that you actually love the Elisa Childers podcast. Yes, I do. And Elisa Childers on there, she deals with some of the issues of our time, especially those who are involved with kind of progressive Christianity or taking Christianity in a non-gospel direction. Yes. And her podcast is fantastic. And she has written a book, And the book is called Another Gospel. And yes, progressive Christianity is essentially a Christianity that wants to have the kingdom without the king. They want to leave the hard truths out of the biblical narrative and just sort of have a watered-down kind of a Christianity for today. But they're very persistent and wanted to push this on others as well. So Elisa had an experience in a church where she was subjected to this presentation of progressive Christianity, which caused her to really dig down deep and reestablish her own roots in the faith and then have a passion to talk about this issue. And so she ended up writing this great book called Another Gospel that I would highly recommend. It's going to give you like the up to the moment issues that are being talked about in churches around the country today. And so I highly recommend it. So that's Another Gospel by Elisa Childers with a forward by Lee Strobel. Again, this month's
0: resource is a book titled Another Gospel by Elisa Childers. You can order the book Another Gospel by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Another Gospel by Elisa Childers to help you wrestle with the idea of progressive Christianity. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.